Hello, everyone, and welcome back once again to the Pro Wrestling Retrospect Podcast. I am your host, David C. Anderson, and I am joined this week as I am each and every week that I sit down and record this fine podcast. Sitting across from the desk from me is my oldest son, my favorite son, my only son, the boy wonder himself, Owen Anderson. Owen, what's happening? Not much, man. What about you? Well, uh, to give everyone a little peek behind the curtain, we are recording this episode on Labor Day on Monday, September 7th. That will air on Friday, September the 11th. So hope everyone is having a nice, relaxing, enjoyable Labor Day holiday for those of us here in the United States. For our listeners around the world, it's just another work day for you. Absolutely. But we are here to give you some more audio goodness that is the Pro Wrestling Retrospect Podcast. But before we get into that, make sure you're following our podcast on the various social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PW Retrospect Pod. Make sure you're following me on Instagram and Twitter at David C. Anderson, A N D E R S E N. Owen, plug your handle. At give me underscore MTN do. And that is on Twitter and Instagram for Owen as well. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode, episode two, which was the debut of WCW Monday Nitro, the 25th anniversary from all the way back on September 4th, 1995. It was a very fun episode for us to do. Um, I think for those of you who are starting to pick up on things from the podcast. I am a very big WCW fan. So for me, it was very cool to have the opportunity to go back in the uh, history books, if you will, and relive the debut edition of, of Nitro. Owen, what uh, what are your thoughts on that show now uh, seven days past? Uh, I've always thought it was a great show, but it was a lot of fun to... Uh cover that because I don't think I've actually ever covered that episode on a uh, podcast so doing that with you was a lot of fun and absolutely a great way to kick off WCW Monday Nitro. We got some great feedback from uh, some of our our followers, our listeners, so we do thank you uh, for those comments. Again, we uh, try to be as active as possible on social media so if you would like to interact with the show please make sure you hit us up at PW Retrospect Pod across social media. This week, we are going to change gears and we're going to shift our focus back to the World Wrestling Federation. Again, today that this show airs is Friday, September the 11th, and it is actually the 19th anniversary of the terrorist attacks that occurred on September 11th, 2001. And so when we were looking at the calendar, we thought that uh, one option for a show review today would be to review the edition of SmackDown from September 13th, 2001. Uh, this is a very unique show in that uh, it was just two days, 48 hours, after the unprecedented attacks on America that took place that previous Tuesday. And there was a lot of controversy, a lot of scuttlebutt, a lot of talk at the time. Whether it was the right idea, not the right idea for the World Wrestling Federation to proceed with the show, 
but uh, the company made the decision to go forward with it. And so Owen and I are going to sit down and review that show from this week. Um, if you checked out our social media earlier this week, you'll see a little Easter egg that we posted that Owen talked about uh, hinting to last week's episode. So Owen, uh, for those who might have missed that uh, little nugget of goodness, uh, explain to everyone what we posted this week. So we posted a picture of me. I have so I, I bought this uh, Rock Just Bring It USA T-shirt. It was for the SmackDown tribute for 9/11. Uh, one of my favorite Rock shirts, and it was for that show. So I was like, you know what? I have it, and we're gonna review it. Let's put it on social media for the whole world to see. And uh, yeah, love the shirt. It's very comfortable. Uh, if you can get one, I highly recommend getting one. Yeah, that shirt uh, is almost 20 years old, and was able to we were able to find it on ebay for a good deal it's an authentic shirt it's not a reprint i'm not necessarily against uh, reproduction or reprint shirts but uh, we did find a deal and we were able to to score that so let's talk about what we're here to discuss this week and again that is the edition of wwf smackdown from september 13th 2001 so uh, Owen, just to give you, because you weren't alive back then in 2001, and, and the rest of our listeners, uh, a little backstory. Uh, I sat down late last week to to watch the show, and in in going through and reviewing the show and, and taking notes, it almost took me back to that time in, in 2001. And it, it's interesting because now we're 19 years removed from it. It's it was very interesting to sit down and review the show and take notes. And some of the things that uh, I saw and that I heard kind of gave me pause and, and gave me a flashback, if you will, to you know that same time frame in 2001. Um, you know, for those of you who can do some math, uh, I was 21 years old when the September 11th attacks occurred. Have at the time would have been married to my wife your mom, Owen, for just over a year, and we didn't have any kids. It was just the two of us, and so just hearing so many things, you know, kind of took me back to that time and, and really got my mind jogged and, and just things of, of what the world was like, and, you know, there's there's a lot of correlation between, you know, what the world was like pre-9-11, what the world is now like post-9-11, and then the correlation between what the world was like pre-COVID-19, and now that we're in this COVID-19 era, and hopefully, you know, very, very soon we'll get to a point where we're in the the post-COVID-19 era of the world. So uh, I've, I've got some notes here. Owen, I know you took some notes as well, but um, just a, a very unique time in the wrestling business, you know, in, in our country's history. So let's uh, let's not wait. Let's let's jump right in. So the show opens with Jim Ross welcoming us to WWF SmackDown. Uh, we are live from the Compact Center in Houston, Texas. And fun fact: the Compact Center is no longer the Compact Center. It is now the home of Joel Osteen's Mega Church. So uh, there is a a newer arena in Houston. Uh, what it is right now escapes me. I know that they have the baseball stadium. They have Minute Maid Park for the Astros. Um, oh, it's a Toyota Center in Houston. So that's the, the newer arena. So this compact center is actually no longer an arena. It is now a mega church. Uh, 
But again, the WWF last performed on Monday, September 10th for Monday Night Raw in San Antonio. Uh, there's a loud USA chant, obviously, as we go up to the ring featuring the red, white, and blue ring ropes, which is always a nice touch, where Vince McMahon is ready to deliver some remarks. Uh, Vince opens the show by saying that tonight, the spirit of America lives here in Houston, Texas, which, of course, got a big pop. He says on behalf of everyone in the arena and everyone watching, uh, Vince extends his condolences to all of the victims and their families of the terrorist attacks that took place on Tuesday in New York, Washington, D.C., and of course in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, which he forgot to mention. He said that our leaders have encouraged us to live our lives as regular as we can and live our lives the American way of living. He said that this is the first public assembly of that size since the attacks on Tuesday. Vince says, point blank, quote, we will not live our lives in fear. The citizens of Houston, Texas, and the United States are not afraid. We are a proud people, proud of who we are, proud of our nation, and proud to be Americans. We will fight. Vince thanks everyone in the arena and everyone watching at home for the honor and privilege of performing tonight in front of all of you as we go to the SmackDown show video opening. So, Owen, what were your thoughts on uh, Vince's promo to open the show? I think it was good. It was a good way to, you know, start the show, kind of have the owner, you know, like, yeah, you know, you know, with everything that happened, it's terrible, but we will not live in fear. And it was great. Um, but I have to ask you, you know, since you lived in that time period, like, did you think it was a good idea to do a show like that? Because, you know, with everything that happened on September 11th, do you think that was like a good idea? Do you think it was a bad idea? Do you think they shouldn't have not done the show? Like, what were your thoughts on that? I was, I don't think I asked you that. That's a good question. I don't remember having a strong objection to them doing the show. Um, you know, 20, almost 20 years later, was it probably a good idea to have the show? No, just because it was 48 hours after everything that had happened. You know, I, I remember there was definitely a, a panic across the country. Uh, I know that, you know, Major League Baseball had postponed games that week. Uh, the NFL actually started... Either they had just started the weekend before or were supposed to start that following weekend, and they ended up pushing it back a week. Uh, college football took the week off. So, I mean, all of your, your major pro sports and even the, the college football circuit, uh, they they took the, the week of, of games. They took that week off. So, you know, the World Wrestling Federation were really the only ones running. No, uh, back then and even now, no, no strong objection to them running the show. But you know, in hindsight, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback and an armchair booker almost 20 years later. Um, no, if it was my decision, I wouldn't have had the show. But again, that's that's just me. I I don't I don't fault the WWF for having the show. Yeah, I agree. If it was me, I probably wouldn't have done the show just because it was 48 hours later. So it's probably not a great idea, but. You know, like you said, it's almost 20 years ago, so like it's it's not relevant anymore. But you know, they did it, and I, I think they it was good that they did it. So after the SmackDown video package, we've got Jim Ross and Paul Heyman at ringside. They welcome us to the show. The entire WWF roster is congregating on the entrance ramp. You see just visuals of lots of scared and crying people on full display here. 
Howard Finkel is in the arena. He asks everyone to rise for the singing of the national anthem. And this may be Lillian Garcia's best and most famous performance of the national anthem. We see shots of the crowd and of the wrestlers as she's singing. Lots of American flags in the crowd tonight. Uh, there's a nice extended standing ovation after the song, which takes us to our first backstage video of the night, which is Edge. He's up first. He says that he contemplated doing this because he wasn't sure if anyone cared what Edge or Adam Copeland had to say about things. And he said that uh, it's the job of the WWF to put smiles on people's faces, and that was the right thing to do. He says he sends out his prayers to everyone impacted. So as we talk about these backstage videos, that is going to be the recurring theme of the show here tonight in that you have just a handful of very short wrestling matches and a lot of backstage videos. Yeah, so uh, be prepared. It's not really wrestling. It's more of uh, promos. But I, I think it made sense to do maybe more promos. You know, I mean, that's my opinion. But, yeah, I, I think it was better to probably just do promos. But, I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, the matches were short because they had to get all the promos in. So we're back from commercial break. We have our next backstage video from Agent Ricky Santana. And, Owen, I was today years old when I learned or remembered that Ricky Santana was a WWF agent. I don't even know who that is, if I'm being honest. He sends out his condolences and says that he's angry. He says he won't hide his head in fear. He commends the WWF and the fans in Houston for doing uh, the show and coming to the show tonight. He gave a shout-out to his wife and kids while getting choked up, saying everything would be okay and that he would be home soon. So the first actual match of the evening is a tag team attraction. We've got the Hardy Boys with Lita versus the Hurricane and Lance Storm with Ivory. This is real early in the development of the Hurricane character. His entrance theme is this low-key hip-hop instrumental song. He's got the H, the gold H logo on his chest. Uh, Hurricane is the European champion here. There's a funny spot where Hurricane is on the apron, and he, he attaches his cape to his ring gear before climbing to the top rope and delivering a flying crossbody press on a Matt Hardy for a near fall. Uh, the Hardys do get the win, like we said, in, in a short match in 3 minutes and 18 seconds when Jeff hits Lance Storm with the Swanton Bomb. Any thoughts on this? Not really. I think a good way to uh, open the show. But, you know, li like we said earlier, they're, they're very, like, quick matches. Like, 3 minutes, 4 minutes, 5 minutes. They're, they're not going to be, like, these long matches. But uh, my thoughts, I, th I think it was fine. I think it was entertaining for what it was. Uh, next, we've got a backstage video from Terry Reynolds. Terry talks about how the events of 9-11 have impacted families and that so many kids won't have their parents, grandparents, siblings, or other family members to come home again, which breaks her heart. We come back for the next backstage video from The Rock. He says he can't fathom or comprehend the pain that family and friends of the victims must be going through. He praised the work of the first responders who are working around the clock, sifting through the rubble, trying to find survivors. He offers his condolences and prayers for everyone and to stay strong. So following The Rock, we get a backstage video from Mattress Mac. Uh, Mattress Mac is the owner of Gallery Furniture based in Houston, Texas. Uh, he's a local Houston celebrity from the business world. He has ties to Bruce Pritchard, who's also from the Houston area. Gallery Furniture was the local sponsor of WrestleMania 17 in Houston that previous April. And for an in-depth review of that show, you should check out Owen's podcast, The Federation Fanatic. Yeah, we, uh, what was it, back in June, we covered WrestleMania 17, and you sat seventh row for that show. I did. So I actually remember that Gallery Furniture had a big setup at WWF Access at WrestleMania in Houston, 
and they were selling these big leather Lazy Boy recliners with the WWF scratch logo stitched into the heading of the chair. I think they were asking, I don't know, somewhere around $1,000 a piece because, you know, they were limited edition. I have no idea if they sold any or not with so many people that travel into Houston for WrestleMania as out-of-town visitors and really have no way to get a recliner back home. I had enough trouble getting my commemorative commemorative padded folding chair back, so I can't imagine what to do about a recliner. Uh, but Mattress Mac cuts a babyface promo thanking everyone, and his promo was still going when they cut back live to the arena for the next match, which was the World Wrestling Federation Hardcore Champion Rob Van Dam taking on Spike Dudley, who's accompanied by Molly Holly. Uh, the highlight of this match was Jim Ross saying that Spike Dudley is tougher than a $2 steak. Uh, RVD hits the Van Daminator, followed by the five-star frog splash to get the win in two minutes and 23 seconds to retain the hardcore title. Yeah, not a whole lot of uh, thoughts on this match. Very quick, but it was fine. Next up is another backstage video, this time from Y2J Chris Jericho. Says he would rather be in New York City helping the first responders go through the rubble and try and help. Says that maybe these events will cause people to be a more peaceful and a nicer nation towards one another. Yeah, it lasted maybe a year. Uh, he says to give your loved ones an extra hug and a kiss since we don't know what the future has in store for any of us. Uh, Michael P.S. Hayes is up next. He says that we aren't perfect people, but we are good people. The people that did this are evil people. He says it really puts some things into perspective. It says that this is something out of the history books and emphasizes how so many men and women have fought and died for freedom. It says we are more united than we will ever be. 19 years later, I can say that's a true statement because in 2020, we are the complete opposite of that statement. Let's move on. It says he cannot wait to see those who are responsible for this to get what they have coming. Uh, we're back with another uh, backstage video from Sean Stasiak. He says that this is the time for America to come together and we will overcome it and be a stronger nation. Another backstage video, this time from Lita. She doesn't know what to say about something so devastatingly evil. Uh, she said that she has run through the range of emotions that she and others have been dealing with the last 48 hours. Said she's never felt anything like this and doesn't know what to do. But it's always good when you don't know what to do to take a deep breath and try and relax. Uh, next match is Christian versus Chris Jericho. Christian with a pre-match promo saying his entrance with the reigning pyro was the greatest thing that they've ever seen. Says he's going to get a. He says he's going to win a certain intercontinental title when his promo is interrupted by Y2J's entrance music. There was no explosion for Jericho's intro, which was the right call two days after a terrorist attack. Jericho walks out with a microphone. He tells Christian to shut the hell up. Jericho does confirm that Christian's entrance is great with his opera theme song. Jericho begins to sing in his falsetto voice that Christian. The Jackass of the Year. It's a quick match. There's a theme here as Jericho beats Christian with a roll-up in 2 minutes and 16 seconds. I thought it was uh, kind of funny, the whole uh, Jericho singing the opera song. So it was entertaining because, you know, I I'm a huge Chris Jericho mark, but it definitely was a funny moment. We go backstage to a video with Chris Canyon, who is originally from New York and says he has cousins on the NYPD who have been part of the rescue effort who he's proud of and he is proud of our country. Taz is up next, says it's scary to be as far away from his family that he is as he's from New York. He says the people who are responsible for this will pay, and they'll pay hard. Taz says those responsible shouldn't be brought to justice, they should just be brought down. 
Next, we've got a backstage video from Tori Wilson. Says she wants to give her heartfelt condolences to all those who have lost a loved one in this tragedy. The aforementioned hurricane wants to pay respects to all of the firefighters for going into danger to save their fellow man. Says that the people that did this are less than human. Bubba Ray Dudley is up next and has a short video that just says, basically, you can't kill America and you can't kill the American spirit. Back in the arena, the crowd comes alive as The Rock's theme music hits as the reigning WCW champion makes his way to the ring. There's a loud Rocky chant that breaks out. Uh, finally, The Rock has come back to Houston. Rock is issuing an open challenge to anyone who wants to go one-on-one -on -one with the Great One. Sean Stasiak answers the challenge. He comes out on the ramp with Stacy Keebler, psychs himself up for the challenge, and then promptly runs down to the ring, slides in the ring, and The Rock grabs him and throws him out over the top rope. Now... For those of you who may not remember this or or were watching at the time, so Stasiak was doing this kind of aloof, goofy gimmick where that was kind of his thing where he would just interfere in random matches or for his own match and would just promptly get thrown over the top rope and not really get any offense in. I didn't really see what the point of it was, but it was something they were doing with him in 2001. Yeah, I actually didn't realize that they were using the WCW title in like 2001 because I know they obviously like they bought the company, but I had like no idea that they even used that title because I knew they used it like later on in like the Ruthless Aggression era, but I had no clue. So yeah, I'm yeah. So Stasiak slams the mat on the outside as he gets up and starts walking back up the ramp. Rock gets on the mic again and lays out the challenge again. Stasiak gets about halfway up the ramp and decides he's going to try it again. He sprints down the ramp, into the ring. Once again, Rock grabs him, tosses him over the top rope to the arena floor. Wash, rinse, repeat. Stasiak walks back up the ramp. Rock issues the challenge one more time. Stacy Keebler stands at the top of the ramp and encourages Stasiak to try again. Stasiak runs back in the ring, and just before he gets to the Rock, the Rock throws out the stop sign and yells, Whoa! to Stasiak. Rock asks, What's the matter with you? Rock says, every week, you keep doing the same thing. Rock says he and Stasiak should talk about something that everybody likes, pie. Rock asks Stasiak if he likes pie. Stasiak replies, absolutely not. I hate pie. Clearly, he doesn't get the reference. If you don't get it either, well, actually, don't Google it. Uh, Rock says he and Houston love pie, but since Stasiak doesn't, he asks him if he likes strudel while adjusting his warm-up pants stasiak shakes his head no while the rock says well to each their own rock then looks up the ramp at stacy keeler and asks her if she likes the people strudel to which stacy has a big smile and nods affirmatively stasiak takes offense to this and proclaims that he wants his wcw title match now rock says stasiak is going to get his title shot rock says stasiak should shake the rock's hand and then they'll have the wcw title match tonight Stasiak shakes the Rock's hand. Rock pulls him in for the Rock Bottom. Rock then motions for WCW referee Nick Patrick to make the three count as the Rock pins Sean Stasiak in three seconds to retain the WCW championship. No comment. We've got a backstage video with Ivory sending out prayers to everyone impacted on 9-11. Says she wants the kids of America not to be afraid and to be strong and not be judgmental. There are more, there are far more good people in the world than there are bad. Uh, the Bradshaw backstage video is next. He gives us a, hist a history rundown of maniacal murderers. Says terrorists cannot bend the backbone of the United States of America. 
He tells the critics, who are against the show, to go to hell. He says he would give his life for this country. Cuts a promo on those responsible and says they'll be found. We've got another tag team matchup next. We've got X-Factor, easy for me to say, which is comprised of the dual WWF light heavyweight and WCW cruiserweight champion X-Pac and Albert versus the APA. Again, another quick match. APA gets the win in three minutes and seven seconds when Bradshaw delivers the clothesline from hell on X-Pac. Yeah, I think it was a fine tag team match, you know, like like you know, like we said earlier in the show, just very quick matches, but it it was fine. Uh, next up we've got Kurt Angle with a backstage video, says his thoughts and prayers are with everyone, says that the first responders are the true American heroes and that they deserve a gold medal. Uh, we've got a recap video of Vince McMahon's earlier message regarding terrorism. Our next match features Booker T versus the big show booker t is a big dude but he looks small here compared to the big show it took three scissor kicks for booker to get the job done but he does get the win in two minutes and 45 seconds yeah i think it was you know and actually yeah to, uh, that you said that yeah like booker t like i've never been in person with him but i mean he's a pretty big dude and then but i mean you know you look at big show like he's how do you know how tall big show is he's about seven feet tall yeah like he's gonna look pretty small but yeah uh, we've got a backstage video with Lance Storm. He talked about how this was not only an attack on America, but also an attack on the world as it affects everyone. He said he doesn't live in this country, but also doesn't know when he's going home to Canada. Says he misses his wife and kids and gets a bit emotional talking about it. Uh, Devon Dudley video up next says that this hits close to home and makes you wake up and take notice. Uh, we've got a backstage video from Congressional Medal of Honor recipient Michael Thornton. He praised Houston, the WWF, and America, and would actually be featured as sitting in the audience during the show. Uh, next match, uh, another quick one. We've got a women's match with Lita against Ivory, and Lita gets the win with the Moonsault in 3 minutes and 7 seconds. Uh, we then go to a backstage video with Stacey Keebler. It says that she's 21, and this will be in future generations' textbooks says she has a new respect for freedom. We then get a backstage interview from Stone Cold Steve Austin. He said he doesn't have anything philosophical to say. Says the people that did this are a bunch of cowards. Says his heart goes out to anyone who lost a loved one in the attacks. Said he's had a bad feeling come over him since the attacks, but he and America just have to shake that bad feeling and get back to it. Says the people that did this are going to get a payback. Uh, Booker T, who just got a win over the big show, has a backstage video. He sends his condolences to everyone involved, says things are crazy right now, but that everyone needs to pull together and we'll get through it. All right. This next video, I'm going to have a few things to say about. So next, we're treated to a backstage video from none other than Stephanie McMahon. She said a few years ago, some people tried to attack her father, her mother, and the World Wrestling Federation. They tried to rip us apart. But all they did is make us stronger. And that is exactly how America feels right now. America was attacked on Tuesday, but America is a united nation. So she is proud to be an American and will stand up for her rights and her freedom. Okay, so let's pause for a minute and let's talk about how Stephanie McMahon went on national television and compared the U.S. government investigating her family's company on steroid distribution charges to America being attacked by terrorists on 9-11 
and about 3,000 people dying. Those things are not the same. Those things are nowhere near the same. And there are absolutely zero parallels about what her family went through several years ago and what America has just gone through. This to me was just, just um, pandering and grandstanding and trying to just, I don't know, I can't even really put into words the, the sheer range of emotions that I experienced watching this. Like, first of all, like how, how dumb are you? Really? And again, in the moment, the country's been attacked. But to go on this television show and try to compare a terrorist attack to your family being investigated for criminal charges, I mean, it's it's cringe. It's not a good look at all. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't even know how that made TV, if I'm being really honest. Like, like, how can you say that and that actually gets on TV? Because if I would have been, like, the director or whatever, I would have been like, yeah, that that should not have, like, that doesn't fly here. But, you know, whatever, you know, what, how long ago? Like, almost, yeah, 19 years, so almost 20 years ago. So, I mean, it's, there's not much we can do about it, so. Yeah, it just, it just magnifies that the, it's not a good look, just how tone deaf and just, uh, I, We'll move on. Uh, next match was Test and the Dudley Boys against Scotty Tuhati, William Regal, and Tajiri with Tori Wilson. Uh, Billy Gimmons from the band Zizzy Top is shown at ringside during the babyface entrance. And man, did Bruce Pritchard just call every famous person he knows in Houston and ask them to come to the show? Uh, the highlight of the match was Scotty doing the worm. Test then hit Scotty with the big boot to get the win for his team in 4 minutes and 22 seconds. We then go to a Lillian Garcia backstage video. It says that she lives in New York City and she had a family member who was scheduled to have a meeting at 8.30 a.m. Tuesday morning at the World Trade Center, but the person that her relative was supposed to meet couldn't make it and the meeting was canceled. Uh, we get a backstage video from Ron Simmons. It says the attack was an act of cowardness. It says that his heart and his best wishes go out to the families who have lost loved ones of this terrible act of terrorism. So we need to show these cowards we mean business. We've got a backstage video from William Regal. Said he can't describe the anger and feelings he has. Said we have to go on with our lives and do the best we can right now so life can continue. Uh, the last backstage video of the night comes from Albert. Says he woke up Tuesday morning and turned the TV on to see the tragedy take place. Said he's never seen something so tragic. Uh, asked everyone to pray for the victims, the families and the rescue efforts which brings us to the main event match of the evening we have rhino taking on kurt angle big pop for angle's entrance uh angle's got his left elbow heavily wrapped and taped up so i'm not sure if he was dealing with some sort of, of an injury or something going on there but just like every other match on the card it was pretty quick and straightforward with angle getting the victory in four minutes and 58 seconds via the angle slam Angle gets on the mic and leads the crowd in a USA chant as the show goes off the air. So again, a very, very unique episode of SmackDown. Again, uh, definitely not the show that I'm sure Vince and the writing staff had 
uh, put together for Tuesday on 9-11 when this was supposed to have been taped, but certainly wanted to still do the show if they could, and so made changes on the fly and kind of took a break from the current storylines and, and things that they were doing. Uh, one thing that I do remember uh, from this time period in, in terms of you know everyone being in Texas is um, so when 9-11 took place, the air traffic shut down. So planes were grounded uh, in the United States for three days. So there were there were no commercial flights coming into the country, going around the country, or leaving the country. So you have this group of wrestlers and, and production people and office staff and, and whomever that are on the road for the show that are essentially stuck. They, they can't get home. So like Lance Storm, who lives in you know Calgary, Alberta, Canada, he can't get home. So obviously, you know, he's very concerned about when he's going to be able to get home again because at the time nobody knew when, you know, the airports were going to reopen, when commercial air travel could resume. So you had this group of people that were basically stuck in in a hotel in Texas for several days. Um, I remember reading a lot of the wrestlers talking about how because of geographically where they were, they were in Texas and uh, Raw the next Monday was supposed to be in Nashville. So a lot of the talent didn't even go home. They basically got down with SmackDown and then they just drove to Nashville and spent the weekend in Nashville waiting for TV to happen on Monday. And then of course by the following week, air travel resumed and so everyone was able to get home after television uh, that following week. But you know, scary time for, for everyone involved, you know, not being able to, to get home for you know, roughly about a week and with everything going on, uh, certainly would not have been something that I definitely would have wanted to experience. But uh, just again, one of those, those little subtle things that I remembered in going back and watching the show. Yeah, I'm sure for a lot of the wrestlers' families, I'm sure it was very a scary time because you're like, I, I don't know when my husband or my wife is coming home and when am I going to see my kids. So yeah, it was it was definitely a scary time. But for the show, I, I think it was it was very unique. I mean, it's like I don't think they've ever you know done something like that. You know, because we haven't had anything like that happen again. You know, in the last 19 years, so. You know, they, they haven't done anything, so it, it was very unique. But, yeah, I, I think it was fine for what it was. It was a good way to uh, tribute for 9-11 for what happened. And that brings this week's conversation regarding the SmackDown from September 13th, 2001 to a close. We hope you have enjoyed our recap, our retelling, our walk down memory lane reviewing the show. Um, we have what I feel is one of the most underrated shows that the World Wrestling Federation produced coming up next week on the podcast. So for episode number four, we will be reviewing the In Your House Mind Games pay-per-view event from September of 1996. This is the new generation era. Shawn Michaels is the new leader of the new generation. It's in full swing. He is the World Wrestling Federation champion. And he defends his title against the maniacal mankind in one of the best matches in World Wrestling Federation history. The The show has a, a pretty decent undercard that I think a lot of people just kind of sleep on or forget about because uh, Mind Games is kind of remembered as a one-match show, that match being Shawn Michaels and Mankind. But... 
Uh, a lot of good stuff that we're going to talk about next week on the podcast. So we hope that you will tune in for that. Again, episodes drop each Friday and are available wherever fine podcasts are consumed. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, uh, Radio Public, Breaker. Basically, anywhere that good podcasts are found, you can find our podcast. Again, make sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at PWRetrospectPod. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at David C. Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N. Follow Owen on Instagram and Twitter, at... Give me underscore M-T-N-D-U. And follow Owen's podcast, at... Federation F. Pod. That's right. Make sure that you get the Federation Fanatic podcast into your podcast rotation, you will not regret it. And that's going to do it for us here this week. Thank you, everyone, as always, for joining, and we will talk to you next week.